Notoriety Sports Network. Breaking news, live shows, unprecedented content. Notoriety Sports Network, built different. All right, guys, we are here, Tendies on Patterson, for episode three. I am Jack. I'm joined by Paul and uh, our mystery partner tonight. Ryan Miller. <laughs> <laughs> well, I said if they had, you know, won a three game, had a three-game winning streak, I would wear this during the show. I would wear it the whole show, but um, considering that they didn't have a three-game winning streak and they lost six to one, Instead of a brown paper bag, I figure I'd start out with a hockey mask since we're attendees on Patterson. <laughs> we're, t- <laughs> we're but we're all we're attendees on Patterson, but we're secretly known as two in the crease, one in the box, and you're usually the man in the box. That is true. True story. <laughs> so, but let me t- let me take this off and get this show started. You know, mm-hmm. love. sure, your wife is very proud. <laughs> I was hoping you'd do that for the whole hour. <laughs> that ain't happening. It'd be impossible. Um, so guys, welcome to our third episode. Um, I wish we could come with some joy to bring, to bring everybody or, um, well, the Phillies did win an extra innings. So that, there's a positive to that. Yeah. I mean, they're not going to lose a game now, right? 162 and 0. Now with this bullpen, baby. <laughs> um, so obviously we've got the month of March um, to talk about 75 goals against baby. That's terrible. I I got, there's nothing I can say. Like it's. Well, I know what we can say because I'll, I'll I'll start it off. Um, I'll start our ultra positive episode off with uh, Carter Hart needs to work harder. I mean, it it was evident the last two nights it was, it was all Carter Hart. Um, I've I've been supportive of AV uh, from even during this whole stretch, but uh, uh, that uh, really raised the hairs on my back. Um, I'm not going to call out uh, uh, other guys, and you're going to call out your stud 22-year-old goalie who's just having a horrendous sophomore season. Again, he's 22, um, and uh, I, I just don't I just don't understand it. At all. Is it is it really a horrendous season though? Like earlier in the year when they were stealing games, I remember the phrase was, I'm not going to apologize for good goaltending. Yeah, that was but the problem was it was like uh he wasn't playing awful, but uh one in four games he didn't play that well. Like the first game he got the the, the game they lost to Buffalo the first time six to one, um when he got pulled he gave up four goals on however many shots. It was uh, less than halfway through the second period. And, I mean, he was just standing. He was standing on his head in the first period. And there was a goal or two that just weren't – they had a little bit of odor on it. Um, and then uh, and it just snowballed from there. And then he'd have a good game and a bad game. He'd have an okay game, a bad game. And it just continued 
from there on out. Yeah, I mean, but like March has been bad for everyone. Um, where I feel like both like Elliot was obviously much better before March. Um, he's not had a strong March campaign, um, but he has not played well either. And and why does he escape? That he, he you know he's got to work smarter and harder. Um, why why does he escape it? Just because he's a vet? Yeah, if I'm guessing, it's because he's a vet. You know, we that's horseshit though. Well, it is. It, it's absolute because, you know, I sent a link over to you guys yesterday about, you know, AV's demise with the Rangers. And listen, I like AV. I think he's a good coach. You know, it's, you know, he just falls into certain patterns. And you, like, reading that article, it, it's literally like watching the Flyers right now. The only difference is, is we didn't get to a Stanley Cup Finals. Like, the one year, 2018, he blamed Hendrick Lundqvist. What? He, I mean, he called him out. I mean, uh, I don't agree with that. Uh, what I will say about that article is it's somewhat contradictory. Uh, they say they say that the young guys didn't uh, didn't develop, but in the same article, he says how well Neil Pionk progressed. Uh, by the way, that trade looks a lot better for Winnipeg now than it did when they made it because no one knew who the hell Neil Pionk was. Uh, Jacob Truba is nothing special. Anyway, uh, other other young guys played well under AV. I I totally disagree with the uh, with the theory that he can't develop young players. I think that gets thrown about too much and. If he can't develop a young young players, and why have uh, last year? How, why did Farabee perform so well? Why did uh, Myers perform so well? Why did Carter Hart play so well? He's a young player. This year, I mean, Farabee's play was playing really well up until the last couple of weeks. I think he's probably hitting a wall because he's not used to he's physically used to this you know this much action in such a tight you know time period. Uh, so I, I, I don't, I think there's two people read too much into that, but, uh, there is something to it, obviously just, it's not as much as what people are making out, put it that way. First comment is, is, is goaltending the real problem on the team? And I think that all three of us would say, is it the real problem? No. Is it a problem? Could it be better? It could be better. To one B. Right. One A's defense. It's not number two. It's tied for first, but the defense is is worse. And we can sit here and defend hard all we want. At the same time, he's got what of, of of starting goalies that have started X amount of games. He has, if not the worst, the second worst save percentage. Um, you can't. We can't sit here and he hasn't looked right. It's it's obvious. The reason why they're giving him a break, even when pucks hit him, his it just they just they just lay there. He's unsure of himself. I don't think it's – I don't have any long-term concern. And I think at this rate, we just got to get through the season, you know, hit the reset button. Obviously, whatever whatever he worked on with his goal, with the goalie coach, the new goalie coach before the season did not put him in a, in a position to succeed. And then, and then the defense, you know, crumbled the rest, and his confidence went down the toilet. Um. And when we say defense, we're talking about defensive zone responsibility. It's not just, I mean, the actual defenders are not playing well, but defensive zone responsibility is bad too. Um, 
we talked about it last week, but puck chasing and losing your lane, that's that's a failure on both your forward and your defensive group. Um, you, you can see it. You can see choices to go behind the net rather than, than block the pass, and it's ending up with a guy with a high danger, whatever you, phrase you want to use, high danger, A-plus opportunity. And when your goaltender's shaky, those are going to go in, and they're going in every single time, both goaltenders. Structure, period, end of story. They don't stick to it. And like we, like I, like we talked about last week, teams that have consistent structure can overcome lapses in uh, energy and lapses in overall playing ability. Let's be honest. You're not going to be playing well every single game, but if you have a good structure, you can overcome it a majority of the time. Well, look at look at the Islanders before Barry Trotz gets there. Complete disaster. Their goaltenders couldn't save beach balls, right? Like that was the knock. Yep. Um, and and uh, you get some structure. I mean, look, they're not the most other than if a ha- you know a couple of their players. They're not the most exciting team to watch, but they don't. The structure keeps them where they're never really out of a game. Yeah, I mean, and then when it does break down, they have good goaltending. And, of course, they brought in uh, the goalie whisperer. His name is uh, escaping me at this second. Um, uh, that He's been with Trotz since Nashville. I, I can't believe I can't think of his name. Yeah, but look at – you'll get to his name. What's going to happen is that towards the end of the episode, it will pop in your head. Um, but look at the success, right? Um, Rene – Right, Rene was there when Trotz was in Nashville. Yeah. Am I wrong? Yeah, and then uh, Holpe, who you know doesn't again not not playing Vo- very. Vokun, Chris Mason, uh, Rene, Soros. He even helped Anders Lindback get back. I mean, he, his career never took off anywhere, but they are. He was he was solid at least when he was there. Uh, uh, in in Washington, like you said, Holpe, Grubauer. Uh, it, the list, the list goes on. They've, they've had, they've, he's had the ability to, to make goaltenders who have had an iffy career have str- their strongest seasons with him. Um, but it also comes back to team play. Uh, Varlamov is good, but he's a perfect right now in his career, a perfect structure goaltender. Whereas if he sees it, majority of the time he's going to stop it. His lateral mobility is nowhere near what it used to be, but. If, he, if it's in, in their structure, he is very, very good. Um, we'll get to some of the comments because we are Kim, starting to get some. Kim, Kim Dillaball is – that's the Flyers yeah. goaltender coach. We're talking about the Islanders goaltender coach. Oh, all right. Um, so Seymour uh, <laughs> Butts wants to know if the Flyers are going to be sellers. What do I they have to sell? What do they have to sell? But also, I just – my phrase has been – it's not even like they have. Look, somebody's going to, depending on what the price ask would be, someone will trade for. They've got young players to sell if that's the case. You know, like they're not going to sell that, but there are pieces that they could move. But the reality is, is I just don't know that sellers and buyers, like the typical thing we said it last week, is going to be the case this year. Just uh, next year, the cap, uh, did they, is next year the cap flat again? I think that's what they're discussing. Yeah, it was supposed to be for two years. Uh, basically until we had a full season of full arenas. That's basically what it – so we so that your hockey-related revenue, your HRR, 
is just is where is maxing out to where it should be. That's that's the whole reason behind it. So even if they wanted to move, like even if say a team wanted to make a run, well, you're not going to get rid of the guys that you think. You know, like Giroux or Voracek or JVR. They're not. Nobody's taking on that salary. JVR is your only movable vet in terms of the way he's playing. Now Giroux is movable. You're not moving Giroux, no matter how, no matter. This isn't no a how often your fair weather fans want to, yeah. you know, that pull that lazy crap. Strip the shoes, not a captain because you're not a winner. Such ludicrous bull crap. I'm so sick and tired of hearing it. Uh, but the one guy that I'm going to call to the mat that I'm that I was very happy with last year, uh, and it's it's it became an issue in the the second goal the other night for Buffalo on my buddy Jake Voracek. He was known when he came into the league. He was known as a as a good two way hockey player. And when when the Flyers acquired him, he was a good two way hockey player. He was your third line wing, and he was a defensively responsible winger who could create some offense with great speed. And then when he became a first line winger with Giroux, when him and Giroux basically carried the team with with little new goaltending, and when they eventually got Mason, they had no defense. Uh, he basically turned into a one way hockey player, and it's been so. He's a frustrating begin, frustrating player to begin with, but when he just does not back check at all, he didn't do that for the two years, at least two or three years prior to AV coming back, Kemp coming here. Last year, AV got him to buy in, and he was playing really excellent two way hockey. And this year, he's with the team struggling. He's resorted right back to his old ways, and it showed. Yes, Justin Braun. The first goal gets banked in off of him, just dumb luck. Braun's been playing, has been their most consistent defenseman over the last month. Uh, the second goal, Braun stupidly shoots in the shin pads. It's a pet peeve. I kill my college kids for it. If any of them are watching, I'm sure they know how much I'll go on them for that. But uh, but Braun gets back. Uh, Provorov gets back. And uh, I forget who the second guy, the, the third guy was that scored. I, the, I can't remember. But – Jake, of course, is three feet behind him. Like if Jake bears down and 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 skates as hard as he can, he definitely picks that guy up. And he didn't because he just doesn't back check at all. Period. Speaking of speaking of my defenseman, Mister Dan DeYoung, right there. He's uh, he's one of our uh, alumni. He knows full well. <laughs> well. Um, to to your point, it's what annoys me when people yell "shoot!" Right that that play where Braun ends up now on a guy right in the shin guards and it goes the other way is why you get annoyed when people yell shoot and there's not a shooting lane. Like you'd want him to rim that puck. Like that's just, that's yeah. the smart play. Cause if it, if it's a turnover, they've got to come 200 feet. Not yeah, it's, sorry. No, no, you're good. Uh, it's either, either you, you dump it in the corner or you shoot it just wide of the net for hopefully a deflection um, putting it near the net to at least get the puck to stick behind the net. Uh, also, what people don't realize is defensemen, because in the NHL, it's so hard to get point shots through because unlike back in the mid-90s, well, that's where it really started, but it's so much more now because you can't clutch and grab. It's all about getting shooting lanes. And even at the college level for kids that are paying to play, we preach it and preach it and preach it. You have to get in the shooting lanes. So as a defenseman, if you're trying to get a shot through, 
a lot of times you're looking for holes, just like on a goalie. You're, you're they're trying to shoot through the legs, and sometimes it doesn't happen. And it's a gamble, and sometimes it goes the other way. That being said, he did his job. He got back, and Braun is nowhere near as fast as Jake Voracek. Provy got back. Someone has to man up and call Jake out for it. And if AV ain't going to do it, I'll do it. Well, and that's what's annoying, um, Chris. There's a lot of requests for the helmet. Just <laughs> I don't know if you see the the chat. There's I a lot of requests them. for the for the bucket. Everybody wants to see your lid, um, but. Um, it's one of those things where it's that's where it gets even more annoying to hear that that heart needs to work harder and smarter is because you see these guys either taking it play taking a play off or not getting back and nothing you know and I, we don't know what gets said in the locker room and maybe it's better that some things get addressed privately but at the same time if you're going to single out the 22 year old um, and the vet um you know, look, I'm not going to sit here and you, I don't think you're saying this either. We're not going to sit here and say Jake Voracek's not a skilled hockey player, but your vet who needs to play a, a better game, a more responsible game, um, gets a free pass. Uh, and, uh, yeah. Uh, and another comment is that TK only has two goals since January. We, We've talked about it all three episodes. He's yeah. been completely invisible. Uh, and, and Kevin and and Hazy hey, hasn't been comment. good. Yeah. yeah, he he hasn't been good either. No one's been good. I mean, Faraby, Faraby was very Faraby, JVR, and Coots have been very good for majority of the year. And Coots uh, is playing hurt. And Coots has played hurt. G's been consistent at G's age. You're not you're not going to get. Uh, oh, sweet six is up by three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're losing fifteen to five. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but it's just, there's three guys, four guys that you can say that have been good for majority of the year past that. No one's been good at all. And even though I'm not, even though I, you know, I'm annoyed with AV right now and the team is just pitiful. I still believe that they AV des deserves to get, because the, they're going to get the full offseason this year. Um, they're not going to get any playoff time out of it. Uh, they're going to get a full offseason, the chance for Chuck to have the ability to improve the roster uh, after the crack and draft, uh, and then go into next year and give the, the team with a full training camp, a full preseason. And if he struggles in the first two months, then he gets a guillotine. But until then – in a normal year, I want to see I want to see these young players, all these players, but specifically the young players and the vets, come back in a normal situation before I do any crazy moves like selling everyone off. Besides a big salary cap purge, that's the only thing. If you can get rid of Jake, if you can get rid of JVR, even though JVR has been good, they need that cap space. Uh, and with as good as he's been, you might be able to get some assets for it. Uh, the only team I've heard of that is willing to take on cap are the Blackhawks, and that's going to cost. You know, they're yeah. not going to do that for free. Um, no, they're not going to do it for free. But you just may you may have to give them away for like a seventh round pick. Um, and I I don't know if you do that because if if you do that right now, it I can swallow lo losing JV uh, losing Jake because. He hasn't produced. 
JVR is produced. So you're going to go into next year. You're going to be minus JVR. Now, am I am I sitting here and putting putting five hundred dollars down at the at the casino, saying that JVR is going to have the same start next year that he did this year? Hell no. But he's still a producing veteran player. If you take him out, who you're replacing him with a young a young unproven player. You're re, you're replacing him with a guy like Limblom, who well, or you like, don't know where he's going to be next year. Or, or or you're going to end up with the same similar situation, right? You're you're trying to replace him with a guy like Frost, who who's in a Lindblom or Patrick situation, you know, like which is where, um, I guess, right? So everybody wants to point to Niskanen and and um, that leaving a crater, and obviously it leaves a hole. But Matt Niskanen isn't he's a nice defenseman, he's a nice top pairing guy, but. He's not here to make you give up 75 goals in a month. Right. He's not Brian Leach. Right. Like, let's relax. Right. <laughs> so, so point point being is, is some of what maybe had happened is uh, you put a little bit too much of an ask on those. I'm not singling those two guys out because I didn't expect much from them. Um, but you're asking some guys to take step, steps forward. And, and obviously we, we just discussed connect me. But some of it is, is like what the strength was last year was being being able to roll four lines in almost every situation. And that's not an option this year. And some of that is um, incomplete, you know, filling of the roster. And there's reasons for it. You know, like I'm not going to sit here and say there's not reasons. But where I my anger and frustration comes from is they went through. Hextall called it a retool now that he's in Pittsburgh, but they went through their own version of a process for a decade to shed some of those bad contracts. And here we are feeling like we're in the same situation. One year in one year out, one year in one year out, not really a contender. The the problem is the reason why we went through that decade of, of mediocrity uh, really was eight years. um, But even eight, 10 years, whatever, it doesn't matter. Make, makes you feel like 20. Uh, the reason for it is number 20, Chris Pronger. Him getting hurt set back the entire defense. It was a hole that, that Holmgren could never fill. And even though he tried, he couldn't. He tried with Weber. And that whole the whole time he was trying to win because that's what the Flyers did because Snyder was alive. And he was like, we're going to we're gonna try to get one last cup for Ed. And, you know, we loved it. Like, that's what we want. But they needed – they didn't They didn't draft defensemen. They, they – you're the, – of, of our era, of, of our lifetime, before the current group, the only really developed defenseman they've had was, was Bundy, was Chris Tarion. Well, they let some guys go, though, right? That end up being decent NHL players, right? Wasn't wasn't Ninema an internal guy? Yeah, Ninema was okay. Uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, he was solid. Uh, they've they also had, had bad that, luck. That, bad luck. They had the kid that died in that tragic accident. Yep. Yeah. Uh, he he looked like a real playing? stud. What's that? You see, his kid, somebody posted a video of his kid playing hockey. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when I worked at uh, at the Vorey Skate Zone, I – his his uh, his wife used to come in when uh, when this when the kid was uh, was real young, and uh, that was, uh, yeah, it's horrific. The whole thing, yeah, is horrific, that was know? terrible. But um, 
I guess part of that is that like it's tough to compare because in those late '90s, early 2000s teams, this is an organization that developed many. Like they traded so much away frequently because every, every year was win now. You know, yeah. like, um, and it wasn't really until like Carter and Richards that you started to look at guys developed internally. Um, and that stayed on a team for an amount of time. I mean, obviously, Gagne would would be it, but that's one player. That's not a team developed. Well, they've 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 developed forwards. That's never been their. That's never been an issue. They've developed forwards over the years. Uh, it's been defensemen and, of course, goalies. Uh, so, of course, again, back in the nineties, they, they didn't care about developing goalies. It was it was about. But it was all free agency. When there was no salary cap, the Flyers didn't care about developing players. They just go out and buy one. Um, now it's all you have to you have to develop. Since the salary cap, you have to develop, and you have to keep developing players to replace the guys that become too expensive. And it, it, it's a consistent thing. And then when you have too many good players, then you use like we talked about before, you use those assets to get a player in a position that that uh, in a, for a hole that you need to fill that you don't have that stable of the young stable of guys or at least guys that are ready to fill that hole. So them not developing defensemen, that's the whole reason why we were in that position. We couldn't go out and buy anyone because the we were up against the salary cap is the whole reason why Andrew McDonald right. traded away two two second round picks for 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 AMAC and then paid him thirty million dollars. Um so uh, one of the questions is is who do you protect in the expansion expansion draft? And does that force us to get rid of dead weight? Um, so it depends what strategy they go with. Because the convention is seven forwards, three defensemen, one goaltender, or four, four, and one. Am I correct with that? Yes. Yes. But you don't have to protect your restricted free agents. No, you do. You Do you? Okay. So um, they're, just, still, they're still your property. Gotcha. So... Um, it's a it's a tough one because like you have to protect the guys who have no movement clauses or they have to waive it. Correct. Um, uh, so that automatically some of these names that we just threw out there, um, they have to waive their no, no movement clause. No, um, not. I mean to be honest. So, well, Voracek has a no movement clause, right? Yeah. Well, let's start from the back end. Obviously, you're protecting Carter Hart, uh, Provorov. Provorov, Sanheim, and Myers. Uh, Ghost is obviously left hanging in the wind, which, as as you can see, they don't they're not really overly concerned about that. Excuse me. Up front, you have Claude, Jake, Hayes, Hayes uh, Coots, uh, Coots, TK. So what's that? Five? Am I miscounting? Yep. Well, let me use my fingers. Um, Jake, Claude, Coots, yep. TK, Hayes. Yeah. He might not have enough game. With this only being a 53, you have to have – there's a certain amount of games. on. Wait, because he's still on his ELC, right? Correct. I think he's got to hit 87 games. Okay. And with I, I could be wrong. Guys, don't, don't – I, I could be wrong, but when it comes to moving guys up and down from waivers – I believe that threshold is 87 games, um, and I would imagine it's similar. Hold on. Uh, There's no point in guessing. Let me go to Cap Friendly. Fair enough. So, but, um, 
you got to figure Shane Gossespierre might get tra- might be part of the uh, going to the Kraken because you know we don't know how the Kraken are going to approach us. They could be like they uh, might not want them. Like I we you have to go and finish finish your thought, Chris. Well, I'm saying because they might go the Vegas Knights way and just take on these contracts just to fill their roster, you know, and give up draft picks, and they might build their NHL roster that way. You got to remember the Vegas Knights went to the finals their first season. There's a different market though of of the players that are going to end up on the expansion yeah. draft this year than well, what happened with yeah. Vegas. Uh, before I get my point about that, all all players who have accrued two or less professional seasons at the end of the 2021 season, as well as unsigned draft choices appearing on the team's reserve list, will be exempt from the upcoming expansion draft. So that excludes. Uh, we don't have to protect Farabee. Uh, do not obviously do not have to protect Frost. Uh, and then, of course, any of the guys down with the Phantoms. Um, so it gives you a little bit of flexibility of what what it is you're going to do, right? Like, Raffle is an unrestricted free agent at the end of this year. Yep. So, um, is, so is Lots. Uh, I would expect, I think that if they, I don't expect Seattle to take Goss to spare. And uh, I mean, what? it's. Hold on. Jake does not have a no-movement clause. All right, so that's going to be someone you're probably going to expose. So Claude, Hayes, TK, Coots, that's four. Oscar, probably uh, definitely Patrick. Well, Patrick's a free agent at the end of the year. He's an RFA. He's, oh, is he an RFA? Okay, yeah. so. So you protect uh, him because even though he's having a bad year, He's still a former second overall pick. You're not just giving him up for nothing. But also, uh, as an RFA, um, you still could get something, even if you're not going to, you know, like you, if someone wants him, you could, even if it's a poor draft pick, you could trade his rights. Right. You know what's good? We don't have to, we don't have to waste protection on Nate Prosser, thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> I was worried. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad that we don't, it, it, oof, that was going to be a hard decision. Nate Prosser, uh, the GOAT. But I don't – it depends how they want to fill out their roster. And this is the problem when Shane Goss Despair went to waivers. Shane Goss Despair is an NHL-level defenseman. I'm not going to say anything different. I, but he's a third – he's a bottom-pairing guy. And at five million – and a quarter and a power play quarterback. I think that's, re- that's really where he shines. I don't think that's anything controversial, right? No. You need to be able to have the roster to put a $4 million player in your bottom pair. And or five, is he at five? Um, no, he's I think he's four and a half next year. Oh, fair enough. Um, yeah, I mean, it's close enough to five, it's but, a okay. certain kind of roster that he can fit on. And uh, he's a third pairing spe- uh, uh, special team play specialist, period. Yep. In the score, so you don't it depends how they build the rest of the roster if they would make that move. I would expect like an all bay Kubel, um or someone of that type is going to end up in Seattle. Um, he's young. He's got some grit. He's got some talent, you know, like um, he's a nice player. He's not expensive. Uh, that typically it seems like if you're not usually getting the Vegas was that, that just the market was different. A lot of teams were looking to shed different kinds of contracts. And I don't know because everyone's been so cautious this time around. Um, that it's going to be the same. So I don't think, uh, I don't think you're going to lose Albay Kubel. I think they're going to protect him. 
So you need to expose two forwards under contract for 2020, uh, 21-22, played in 27 or more NHL games last season, or played in 54 or more NHL games the last two seasons. So if it was me, I'm protecting Drew, Hayes, TK, Coots, Oscar, Knack, and Patrick, and I'm exposing Voracek and JVR. In a perfect world, you're shedding that salary. And you're, it, that means you're shedding, and then you're, and, it, right. and then you're gonna, then you're gonna expose Braun, uh, Braun or Ghost. Well, uh, you're you're exposing both of them. Both, yeah, because you can only protect three. So that means no matter what, you're shedding, you're you're shedding salary. They're not gonna take Braun. They're gonna take one of Ghost, uh, Ghost, JVR, Vorchek. So you're shedding, no matter what, at least four and a half million. So uh, one of the last, the next questions was, when do you start discussing Cam York? Um, I I don't want to see uh, unless he goes to Lehigh and plays excellent. Um, I don't want to do to him what we're doing to Hart this year. He cannot, cannot, cannot be called up this year. You no. cannot bring him up to this mess. That's one. Two, you let him compete for a roster spot next year. But I don't want to see him on the Flyers next year, period, end of story. He needs to be on the Phantoms for a full AHL season. Unless there's injuries with the Flyers and he's tearing it up with the Phantoms, he needs to start being the number one defenseman for the Phantoms or the top pairing defenseman with Zamula or whoever else. He needs I, to be on power play, running all that, getting PK time. Him up here as your 6D is beyond pointless. And if this team is supposed to compete next year, you can't have a young kid like that be an important part of your he, – he's not, he's not a difference maker yet. He needs time to evolve. This is not – He's not Farabee. Forwards, four, it's so much easier for a forward to come in and not be hidden, but be allowed to develop. As a defenseman, as you're seeing with Phil Myers this year, he like they need more development, just like a goalie. Look what Hart's going through. They need time to develop. And rushing him is just going to stunt his growth. So uh, on that respect, I before you saw Cam York, I believe you'd see um, Zamula. Yeah, um, he. I think it's not he a name. Hockey. E- Igor is not a name that everybody's familiar with, um, but he is a kind of a no-nonsense defenseman. Um, he's having a good year up in Allentown. Um, I would expect to see him if they're going to bring up another guy from Lehigh, uh, especially a defender. If they're going to just start giving guys time that would be the guy that I would expect. He's he's the next logical one because he's not one of these guys that they brought in to kind of just fill out the roster. He's a guy that they're really looking to be towards their top four in, in the program for the next little while, I would expect. Um, but um, the next part that we haven't touched on is they did make a move, roster move today, which was sending down uh, off from the taxi back to Lehigh um, Bonneman and Twarinsky, correct? Yep. And then they're uh, to the taxi squad, 
um, since Lazinski and Linus Sundin. Sundin Sandin? I always want to call him like Matt Sundin, but I think it's Sandin for some reason or Sandin. Uh, yeah, it's, it's Sandin, but it's probably Sundin. I don't know who the hell yeah. knows. Lean, I know it's Linus, not Linus. We'll call him Linus. Yeah. That's, that's what we're just going to call him Linus. Linus, whatever. Doesn't matter. Yeah, Lazinski so, is. Go ahead, Chris. I was going to say, like, back to real Cam York. I want to. I want Cam York down there for one season with Scott Gordon. I don't think people realize underrated Scott Gordon is, as a as a coach of developing these players. Like, I don't know if anybody's watched any Phantoms games. I know you guys have, and I, I've caught a couple this year. But like, he's he's a really good coach. He's a really good, you know, as you, as they say, mentor and developer. Like former he, goaltender. <laughs> <laughs> of course he is. That's what you want to call it back in the day. <laughs> I'm like, like he, he's good with the young guys. Like, look at Wade Allison. Look at like the guys you just mentioned, Tanner Lisinski. Like all these guys, you know, they're just playing well together. And like I always say, you play harder in the minors. But he's a really good coach, and he's great at developing these players. They're they're going to be good again. They're going to be good again next year. And adding Cam York to that, I want them. That's that's your next wave of players. I want them playing together, having success down there, so they can bring that up with them. Now, obviously, not all are going to make it, um, but I want them all playing well together and success. I, I want them to succeed. Um. I think that also because if it's they were on national television the other night, uh, what last night, and you could have watched them instead of watching the, the <laughs> Flyers game. But um, I watched Godzilla after it was two nothing Sabers. They're a they're a very deep team. Um, I think that people don't if you don't watch it, and that's why when you like we were talking early or last week, I think it was um, where you like at some point you have you're a little too talent rich. And maybe you make a move for a higher level, higher caliber player. Um, even Forster, who we talked about last week, um, who should be playing in juniors again, he had a four point night. Yeah. You know, like um, he's playing well. Wisdom's playing really well. Um, Lazinski got called up for a reason. He's out of control. Wade Allison's, you know, as you just said, Chris, Wade Allison's playing really well. And the defenders are all playing really well. If you watch them, and, and obviously AHL is different. There's more space. There's a bigger skills gap. You know, like in the pros, the skills gap aren't isn't quite as big as it can be in the AHL. Again, because you're dealing with different levels of things. You know, you're dealing with either kids trying to take the next step or guys who are never going to make it or, you know, like. Especially um, this year because there's been teams that, uh, that stash prospects in, in Europe because they weren't sure what was going to happen with the AHL. And there's there's some AHL teams that uh, uh, aren't, aren't playing this year. By the way, uh, I think it's Bridgeport, uh, Providence, the Providence Bruins, and one other team. It's the only three teams in the division. They're, they're playing each other 15 times. Can you imagine that? No, no. Um, it's – the unfortunate part of this whole thing, right, is one is is that we had such high expectations for like this season, um, and they, uh, it, they're probably going to fall flat, like pretty far behind those. But the other part is is like this is such a, a season like no other, um, in that like it's going to be very hard to be completely mathematically eliminated, even though you might be practically eliminated. Tank baby, tank. <laughs> Um, so if they're not making the playoffs, they're, uh, they're done. 
without a meteoric, right? They'd have to have a mirror version of a month. That's the, you know, the complete opposite of what we just experienced in order to even talk about it. You know, like right now, sitting here today, April 1st, no April Fool's joke. I would not expect them to be a playoff team. And Hart, Hart comes back as a as a nine fifty six save percentage, and uh, wins every game from here on out. AV wins the Jack Adams just for that alone. Uh, going from you know uh, being the Sabers first first victim in eighteen games to getting your team in the playoffs by winning your remaining games. Uh, that that's what it would take, but it, it ain't gonna happen. A lot would have to break with the guys who are underperforming, right? Konechny would really have to get on fire. Um, you, you just there, there's just a lot that would have to break correctly. That like it would it. I think that you'd have to look at maybe um, committing me uh, to say yes. You know, like I think that I'd need some uh, some time away from everybody if if I was that far on the. Um, I would not be considered a stable person. Um, how much did you drink at the Phillies game, Paul? Uh, two Pepsis. Are you sure? Because you just said that <laughs> you said to say Carter Hart and uh, uh, AV is going to win the Jack Adams work. Just making sure. Just checking well, well, that was well if, for them to make the playoffs. That's no, what had to happen. I know. Yeah, but you'd have you'd have to have so many things like how everything has fallen off the like how the entire train has come off the the, the rails or the tracks. Um, like everything would have to go so right. Um, and you just don't see a 180 like that in this short of a time. Remember, you're not going to get a long road trip to get your feet back under you. You're not no practice. You have no practice. That's the whole reason why you see teams and the Flyers aren't the only team that it just takes for so long. I mean, look at the Canucks at the beginning of the year. They were literally the same position as the Flyers were in the, in the beginning of the year. And it took them like five, six weeks to finally get their footing and start playing well, and it's going to be too late for them. So, the Flyers are in the same in the same position. You can't you can't work on stuff if you're not practicing. So you're not going to be able to improve anything. That's the, it's, that's the main reason why none, none of these guys are getting out of their funks because they can't they can't and they can't escape anything. They can't escape it. They can't go home. I mean, it's, it's, the, it's the whole reason why they sent Hart left Hart here when they went up to Buffalo. So just to try to escape it and just try to work without the team and work on his little things. Like when the puck gets in the chest, it's there. Just just suck it up. Take the whistle. Don't look around like it went into the net because that's what you're expecting. So, Paul, since you and I, like, this is our wheelhouse. Um, and, uh, like, you see a lot of opinions get thrown out there about goaltending, and, and a lot of it is from people who've never really had to play the position or, or play it at a competitive level, you know, like. Um, and one of the things that, like, it, it annoys me almost as much as the Avino quote, which is people will talk about he gets low too, too early, um, is we can't – I feel like we as fans – end up judging goaltending based on a 1990 standard. Um, and I feel like, you know, most goals are scored low. Um, and I, I'm not saying that means you should play the whole game in your butterfly and power slide around all night. But um, I'm not that worried when someone's going low. What I'm worried about is when they go low and get small. You know you know who else went low a lot? Dominic 
Well, no, I was going to go someone. <laughs> uh, Jonathan Quick, when he won his two cups, yeah. he was all over the ice. So, uh, like, yeah. it, it, yes, he's not that he's going low. He's committing. He's not going low. He's committing too soon. And his whole his whole technique his whole technical aspect of his game has has been put in the ringer. So he's completely lost right now. So everything is off. He's committing too early. His gloves too low. His his his, his fingers are high, like we were talking about via text the other day. So, instead of Paul, instead, yeah. instead of your glove like this in a normal position, so that you can just come up in a natural motion. His hands are like this, like so. When so he's got to come down to snap it. But it's just little things like that. Some certain goalies are like that. Um, so, you know, Paul, real real fast. So um, what you and I talked about, we haven't talked about it on here. Um, one of the things, and I'll give credit to Flyers Daily. Um, they had a guest on who talked about it. But when you go fingers up, right, this is a stance that there are some goalies that do, right? They get in their stance and I'm not – my glove will be on my other hand, but I'm doing this because it's closer to the camera. So if you're going like this and you've got to get across, this is a weird motion where if you're like this, you can come, you could come round. Um, and this is a much more natural motion. And if you look, if I'm like this, I'm actually covering less than if I come around because my elbow will still cover part of the net if I miss with my glove. Right. Like the whole point is we're playing odds. Like when you're playing goalie, you're playing odds. These guys have such accurate shots and they're so hard. It's like a batter. You have to guess what the pitch is. You don't really get to see the ball coming at you. You know, like you've got to guess based on the mechanics where it's going to go. So in a goaltender situation is you want to be, you can go down and still be big. Right. And that's to me, that's when I look at it, that's the problem I see is we're, we're down, we're power sliding, but also our shoulders are low. Yep. And and we're curled a little bit and our and our glove hand is it's not even just like this, it's kind of in between. And now you're really impinged. Yeah. And actually you just said something that that's very key to it. Um you said that uh, his you know his shoulders have to be square to it. You can see so many of his in the desperation plays that he's falling over forward. So as a goalie, uh you need your your shoulders your hips and uh, the balls of your feet to be parallel, to be on one plane. And he's not. He's lunging. Uh, when he's going side to side, he's literally falling forward. Um, and that's that's what's that's what's another ev ev more evidence of him just being a mess right now. He's just a mess. And, and these things, Paul, real fast, these things yeah. are circular, right? Like you see this when you have the puck chasing problems that are giving high chances where you, you, you don't, there's a, there's a two way trust, right? Like it, you've got to know that like, Oh, you know, um, this is the play that's going to happen. And my defenseman's going to seal this off or my defenseman's going to go there and I need to be ready. You know, like you watch so much film. So, you know, like the film is to pick out um, tendencies and that's not just on shot selection or shot delivery, but that's that's also a tendencies on when this player is coming in on a two-on-one. This is what they usually do. And you should trust that your defensemen or three-on-one, that your defensemen are going to do what is coached to do. 
And when they're trying to cover up for maybe you're not on your A game, you're trying to cover up because they're not on theirs. And then it just doesn't work. Yeah, it's it just goes back to he just needs to he needs to just learn from this year. This this is his first um uh part of his first major struggle as a pro. So he's he's got a rebound from this. Uh and as we talked about other goalies have gone through issues. We would all agree that Carey Price is a half decent goalie, no? He's he's okay. He's okay. <laughs> so his, so his rookie year he played in 41 games. He had a 2.56 GA and a 9.20 save percentage, and was good in the playoffs. 11 games, 2.78 and 900 save percentage. Oh wait, he wasn't. He was. His goals against was okay. Played in 52 games, 2.83, but his save percentage dipped to uh, 9.05. And then the Flyers lit him up in the playoffs. Uh, 4.11, 8.78. I think he's rebounded from that. Would you guys agree? He's, yeah, he's now, now, granted, Hart's numbers are a lot worse than that. Um, but, yeah, but go on, go on, Paul. But it's just another example of a guy has to develop. By the way, Carey Price, let me just get back to it here. Hold on one second. He played in one, he played in one full year. Uh, uh, with the Hamilton Bulldogs in the AHL and then started his, his rookie year off in the AHL before coming up. So Um, hard hasn't had that. No. And when you look at, and here's the thing, and here's what ends up happening because there aren't a lot of goaltenders to compare a 22 year old having as many games and the NHL as Hart has is you've got to look at, the carry prices. You have to look at the Mark Andre flurries. You've got to look at these guys who are not just, they're exceptional or they had exceptional starts to their career. That's the only comparables. There aren't other comparables to guys who are playing a, a quarter of a season in the AHL before they're up in the, in the show, you know, like this is a kid who bait, like, and you said his first slump as a professional, this might be his first slump since a Bantam. It might be his first slump ever because as a right. Bantam, as a Bantam, like for him to get to where he was so so early, you basically can't have any down years. Right. Well, my my point is this might be his first slump since he was six or seven, yeah. like first time he put on pads, <laughs> you know, like, and then also um, at the same time you can't because he's had so many games and because his year, like we can't just say last year was a fluke. Last year is more true to what every level of his development has been. It's more true than what this year has been, right? So you can't say, like, why say last year's a fluke, but not this year that doesn't jive with everything else is. People, and, people are only going to say that to to try to uh, uh, justify their position. And you can't just – it's not just last year. When he came up the first year after they fired Hack. He had a 2.83 goals against average and a 9.17 save percentage in on front of a, a not putrid, very good team. Yeah, putrid team. So, and last year he had a two. His goals against was better, but his save percentage was actually a little worse. It was 9.14. Granted, larger sample size, and in the playoffs he was awesome. So we're just going to discount the previous. So what is that? 57, 
58, 88 games. So the, the previous 88 NHL games mean absolutely nothing. It's just yeah. it's it's just uh, the 22 games he's played this year. That's what is that's what he's going to be based on 22 games in an awful shortened year that's stupid and terrible and just needs to be lit on fire. That's what we're going to base his whole career uh, uh, trajectory off of. Right, right, and that's that's the point. Is like let's calm the hell down um, a little bit on on these things. So what we got is a comment that says, you know, my theory is that they're protecting heart from the team, not the team from heart. I think that's fair. Um, but he still needs reps like that. That's also where I am. Like he needs a break, but he can't just not play. No, he's going to get, he's going to get back in there. Yeah. Uh, in fact, it's, uh, they, uh, they play tomorrow, right? Yes. So, uh, I, you haven't, we haven't heard anything yet, but, my guess is he'll be in the net tomorrow. That's my guess. Who do they got tomorrow? I've I've spaced out. Is it New York? They have the Islanders tomorrow? Yes, the Islanders. It's the Islanders. It's a tough game to come back with, but um, they might not have. I mean, here's the other thing is you're not going to start lying. No. And they LA play the, 30, they play the they Islanders play. Saturday. They're off tomorrow. They're off tomorrow. So they have another day. So maybe that um, – that is what it is. And then the next comment is the defense is left hard out to dry way too many times. We Let's, agree. We, yeah, we agree. We've already said, we've already, how bad that I've, I can't remember. And, you know, we, we've been through the early nineties, you know, you know, I don't feel comfortable at all when they're on the ice. Like, I feel like they're going to lose eight, nothing again. Like they did in the Buffalo series that in the, in the game five, when they lost in the Stanley cup playoffs, like they're just bad. And I don't understand it. But teams go through bad stretches. It happens. It's part of professional sports. We gotta stop. We gotta stop being a typical Philadelphia fan and say he stinks. He's a bust. We gotta trade him. Send him down to the minors. Well, you can't send him down to the minors. That's not how it works. You know, if you don't know what it is, just Google how you know the two way and how his contract is. We just can't send that'll him down. help his confidence. That, that'll help his confidence. Send him down to the <laughs> A. That'll really help him. So. All right. Well, I actually have to dip out, guys. So I just, I okay. just had something to run through. So thanks for joining okay. us, and I'll talk to you guys later. See you, Chris. Have a good weekend. Yep. Uh, so now we're just two tendies, <laughs> um, uh, and it's just we're we're manning each side of the 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 ice right now. But um, yeah, no one's going to argue. You're not going to catch us arguing that the defense has done. The goal to both goaltenders any favors. That being said, there are stops that in his history Hart has made, right? Like we're not we can't fully excuse it, but also we have like hockey is a streaky sport. The problem is, and what he was able to do is with the team as a whole last year, they stopped the bleeding. They had they would get they would get their you know their heads kicked in and then they would come back out and respond. And just like the, the 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 one West Coast trip last year was there was actually two West Coast trips that they they played awful in, but they they never let it snowball to anything that would jeopardize excuse me the whole season. And this year, it it has they it's just one thing after another, and all of their no one has a bit of confidence at all. Nor should they. I mean, when you're going seventy five goals in a month. You shouldn't have any confidence, 
but it's just it's 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 been like quicksand from like the, the from the movie The Replacements. They they he has they Hart specifically hasn't been able to get get up for air. It's just been one one goal after another, and he would he would put together a good period and probably feel a little bit better than he give up a goal and then mentally. Uh, as we know, you're just trying to wash it, and then it, then another goal happens, and then you're going, what the, what the hell? And then, then it's three, then it's four, and then you're on the bench. So, it's and it's been that way for the entire team. It's just gotten worse and worse and worse. Well, and it's on it's on every end, right? Like it's as you said, the entire team. Like once that fluky goal goes in off Braun, like I knew, like that that team came out, they were playing really well before that happened. Once that happens, that was it. They never got, they got never got back to that style of play that they were playing. It never came back. And for the most part, they were controlling play. They were pinning Buffalo back in their own defense. I'm not saying that's a feat of any kind because everybody's kind of been doing that to Buffalo. But the point is, is once that goal happened, that was it. That was it. It was um, sort. It was sort of like when the Flyers made it three one in the game before. You could see you could see Buffalo just sort of like just shrink, and the Flyers took advantage of it. But the problem you can't you can't keep chasing because you're already exhausted. In a normal year, you have the you have the. Uh, <laughs> Bobby, let's see Bobby's comment. Bobby Knotts, eighty-five. <laughs> I, I got a good story, but we don't we don't have time for that, Bobby. Maybe next week. Maybe next week I'll bring up when you uh, shot a puck two hundred feet and blew up an exit sign at Lawrenceville. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's seeing now, Bobby just completely screwed. Knocked you right off. Yeah. Uh, but the, but the point is, is what we were talking about was um, that fluke goal goes in and they shrink. Yep. And you can't – oh, that's what I was – energy. Your energy level, the dog days of the season, which is where you would be at right now. I mean, you'd be the last two weeks of the regular season in a normal year right now. So you can't be consistently chasing games because it's too exhausting. It takes everything out of you. Because, like, look what the Flyers had to do just to win that first game in Buffalo. They had they, they sat a whole line. They went with three lines in the entire third period. And it not only used every, like, bit of – energy they had but like mental energy too they were spent and even with a day in between i it just it just like it just sucked the life out of them and then again like you had said you, you come out in the second game and you're playing well and then get the bad bounce where bronze just standing there goes off his pants and that's it that's all she wrote buffalo had some advantage and buffalo was pissed off they weren't going to let they weren't going to let number 19 happen uh, especially after the way number eighteen happened, so uh, they were they were determined, and the Flyers just wilted. Yeah, and um, so to piggyback, and then we're going to start getting ready to wrap up. But the the idea is is like when you're chasing all the time and you're behind, there are also mental things that like there's a physic there's a physical part. Of it, right? There's a there's a physical part of I'm tired. I can't I can't play this hard for two uh, two thirds of a game. Um, and then there is there, there when you do that, and now you've got to score four goals, right? Which is also not the easiest thing to do. Um, it's not you know like it, it. You can score them. Scoring's up a little bit this year, but 
the reality is it's not an easy feat. And when you have to do that, starting off down, it feels like you never really get a chance to breathe either. You know, like when you're chasing the game. Um, and on, on top of those things, when you talk about shorting, shorting the bench, I know we talked about it a little last week, but in this condensed season, when I see guys getting the amount of minutes, I can't help but think when you don't get these breaks that there is also a compounding effect. And I don't think it's crazy to, to, to see Provorov and not see what you expect of him. And I know that some of that is Niskanen. But not look at this condensed season and the amount of minutes he plays. He plays every special teams on top of 20, what, 24 minutes of regular five-on-five five play? I hate to say this is another reason why you want you don't want him on the first power play. Yeah. You want him on the second power play for a breather. And I don't think his skill set is ideal for your prototypical power play quarterback. He is a great skater, but he's not a smooth, speedy skater, and he doesn't have the one-timer really and doesn't have that quick shot that uh, ideally you want a guy at the top to have. It's why Ghost is just better at it. You know, like um, they have di different styles of what they do back there. Um, and ghost skill set just matches it better. And Provrav is a nice shot. It's not like he's got a weak shot, but ghost is better at getting it through traffic and he's better at getting it off. John, that's the whole reason why I retired. Um, <laughs> was, was because, uh, uh playing, playing men's league uh, was terrible. And I tore my meniscus in my that already acl knee. Uh, so I, uh, that just all compounded it. But, uh, but yes, Playing uh, playing goal in men's league absolutely sucks. Yeah, yeah, that's um, that's no fun. That's no fun, and you always wonder, like, I don't know what what award are you winning? You know, like I I don't play men's ice anymore. Um, I was playing roller hockey until recently, and luckily I had a team of guys that I've been friends with for a while, so we didn't really have that problem. But I don't understand that mentality of like. Who are you? There's nobody there watching. You know, like what award are you trying to win? That's not a fun way to play. So my 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 schedule was always during the college season when I was coaching, I wouldn't play at all because working at a rink, coaching at a rink, going back to men's league was just you need a break. You need a yeah. break. So once the once the college season ended, I would play in the spring and summer, and then we'd play in a charity tournament at the end of August. And that was the most fun because you're playing for something for your charity. And the better you did, even if you didn't make playoffs, but the better your team did, the more money your charity got. So it was just an awesome event. Uh, it's called Checking for Charity. Hopefully, uh, it's a pretty it's, serious. That's a pretty serious tournament too. Like it was, yeah. I mean, yeah. the a, a bracket. Uh, Johnny Gaudreau had a team. Ghost played on it the one year, uh, and uh, you know. In fact, uh, uh, Thatcher Demko was their goalie uh, two years ago when they won it. Uh, in fact, Gaudreau's team like choked a bunch of years uh, before they uh, got got Demko in that uh, you know to lock it down. But uh, but that that was that weekend was always awesome, exhausting, but awesome. Sunday by Sunday, it was basically I needed to I needed to ice my knees down for <laughs> for at least seventy two hours. The rest of the month the rest of the month and that's why i would uh, my my equipment my equipment bag would get zipped up and locked shut for the next uh six months yeah well i mean but that's i always saw that um 
the checking for charity and and I um, you see that there are a lot of guys either from the the NHL the AHL elite level college players um, junior players like it seems like there's a lot of recruiting that goes on uh, oh, for yeah. that elite bracket you know um, it's a pretty cool thing that that happens um, we're here talking about it because you know uh, I the hockey community on every level is usually pretty cool um, and it's small and, and tight. Yep. So um, I feel for, for, for John Gardner here in that experience, who wants to play for that crap, you know, yeah. but, um, uh, and who wants to play in men's leagues where there's only, there's guys thinking that they're, you know, Sam Moran, you know, too, you know, that's no game fun. sevens, yeah. game sevens, always the best. That's why, that's why uh, uh, friends of mine, we just, we, we, we switched over to the whole skate thing. So we'd have our weekly skate and then you would just basically pick your teams and then you would play. And then the next week, the teams are completely different. And it was just a lot better that way. That way we weren't just trying to have fun, get a good, get a good exercise in and you weren't having people freak out and grab people's cages and try to break necks and, you know, just stupidness. All right, guys. Um, now that Paul and I had given a little bit of our bona fides for what it, you know, like what, what brings us here, um, talked a little bit side hockey outside of flyers hockey. Um, what we'll probably do depending on how the rest of the season goes is we might talk a little bit more Lehigh or we might focus a little bit more on the kids really depends on where the season goes, but I'm not going to sit here, um, and yell and scream and cry or, or, you know, have a good shower cry, uh, I, I'm too old to have that level of, of emotion. Um, that doesn't mean I don't care. It just means that, you know, at some point you have to accept what you see, right? Yeah. This season's a wash. So at this point, you're hoping for guys like Glimblom and Patrick uh, to uh, just take more steps forward. You're hoping for Myers, Sanheim, uh, and Provorov to just – equal it out a little bit, especially with this couple day break right here. Hopefully they can, um, you know, come up for air and you're also hoping Hart finishes the year out a little bit, you know, a lot better than he started it. Uh, if he can, if he gets in, you know, another 10, 12 starts, hopefully he can at bat, at worst go 500 and have a save percentage at this rate over anything over 900 is, uh, would be huge. And uh, next week we'll also t uh, talk a little bit about uh, the about college hockey, for the Frozen Four. Frozen Four, yeah, yeah. It'll look, the first game. Um, assuming they don't have any COVID issues, uh, like they did in the beginning of the tournament, which ended Cam York's college career, which is which ha had to really suck. That's tough for him because he was looking yeah. at not just defenseman of the year, he was looking at possibly player of the year. Yeah, and um, uh, that's really unfortunate. He comes off of being the captain of a gold manning gold medal winning national team he had the chance to win player of the year that's really tough way to end he was the big 10 defenseman of the year as well uh, i don't think he was i don't think he was player of the year uh, he was up he was nominated he was nominated to be kobe baker kobe baker and uh, and, and the, the ncaa player. well and ncaa defenseman of the year as well gotcha. um but nonetheless not going to happen yeah. Either way, there's uh, there's what, three Minnesota teams uh, in the in the Frozen Four, and when we when we get on the air next week, uh, one the first game will be uh, just started, I believe. So uh, that'll be that'll be cool to be yeah to finish that up. out. Yeah, it's it's fun. College hockey's fun. Um, awesome. Obviously, the fly. I, there's no more Flyers prospects left. Um, 
right? Like Denver, who who Bobby Brink plays for. I don't know that they yeah. even made the tournament. Um, but uh, yeah, nonetheless, it is always fun to get watch the kids. College hockey isn't what it used to be back in the day. A lot of these kids belong to a professional team. Um, it, it used to basically be, you know, other than your Paul Koreas, um, it didn't used to be filled out with elite level talent, and it's a lot different now. Very few now. Now you. Uh, especially Americans, they'll go to the U.S. Uh, national development team, and then they'll get they'll work their way to scholarships, and then they play NCAA hockey, which is awesome because it's so much better than it used to be. Um, every all the good teams are littered with uh, NHL prospects. Uh, it's something cool to see. So, um, guys, we are the attendees on Patterson. Um, we are here typically on Thursdays at 530. Uh, we got a little bit late of a late start, thanks to the Phillies. Um, Paul was down there, and we had to wait for him to get back, but also uh, some other some other stuff there. But uh, I'm going to put up a banner with all the other NSN Philly shows. Um, check them all out. Uh, there's a couple 4 for 4 shows. Eagles show um, a lot of stuff going on with NSN Philly. Um, we're obviously enjoying our time, uh, our Thursdays, but um, give a subscribe if you haven't and, and check it out on YouTube and Twitter and Twitch. If you have a Twitch, if you're one of the, um, if you're young enough to have a Twitch, I guess, um, but check it out. There's a whole, uh, every day of the week has a different show. Chris, who was on earlier on our show has a Phillies um, show on Saturdays. Um, but go and give a subscribe and, and check out the other shows. I'm going to put that listing up now. Otherwise, we will see you guys next Thursday. All right. Thanks. Thanks, guys.